How much time do you want for your progress? progress, progress. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Clatter Chatter on Things That Matter, the podcast that is intellectually engaging, theologically reflecting, encouraging sociologically, imagining ways in which we can live. Thank you for spending this short amount of time with us. We promise you that you will not regret a moment of it. Shout out to Trevor Smith and VJ Herbert for commissioning this fantastic music to get our minds going on things eternal, positive, and fulfilling life's purposes. Dr. Hayes, today is October 14th, 2022, the day that my mother and father got married. So happy anniversary, even though my dad is amongst the ancestors, the greater cloud of witnesses. If it were not for those two, I would not be. So happy anniversary. Absolutely. Happy anniversary. Amen. Okay, Dr. Hayes, there's so much to talk about since last we met. I don't even know where to begin. Maybe we'll start with that image of Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, multitasking as women do, opening up while she has a phone on one hand and, and giving directions in the other hand and using her teeth to open up a package of Slim Jims or something like that. I said, go ahead, Speaker of the House. And then she going to say, I, I, I'm going to punch Trump. Let him show his ass up here. I got some for him. Of course, she didn't say that. She used more eloquent words than I just did. But that Not was too the much inference. more eloquent. That was the inference behind that. It is just ridiculous to see all of this shenanigans She's ready to go to jail and be happy. That's about what it. she said. I'm going to hit him and I'm going to jail. I said, okay, that's the new tagline for me. I'm going to punch you one good time and I'm going to turn myself in. Um, and then we had another mass shooting. It's crazy in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, and the, and the sentencing of that young guy who shot the Parkland uh, kids. Um, his sentencing. I think he was 15 years old when he did the shooting. So there's so much. Inflation is high. Here we are, almost halfway through the month of October. Come on, Dr. Hayes, let's talk. What you want to talk about? You name it. It's just so much. It's just ridiculous right about now. Uh, so many things. Oh, and then the debate uh, between Senate candidates, U.S. Senate candidates tonight, I believe it's with the Reverend Dr. Raphael Warnock, the Honorable Senator from the state of Georgia, and then uh, Heisman Trophy winner Herschel Walker. <laughs> we shall see. Yeah, it um, should be an interesting debate. Walker has already um, laid the case that he was not as smart and as intelligent and as, as uh, what do you call, eloquent as Warnock, but obviously that is not a deciding factor for any of the voters in Georgia. So I, I, you know, I have a problem with, 
I know everybody likes to vote straight party line, but in some some places you have to declare one or the other. But I think it's I think it's important to know your candidates and if if a better candidate is from another political party, you should be able to uh, vote for that person anyway. Dr. Hayes, this is the what's troubling to me, and I talked about this in my um, race relations class that I'm teaching. And, and I said, you know, um, pay attention to the current events. And I had um, six, six names, six things on the current events. I had, I asked who knew Kanye West. And of course, the, the young people raised their hand. They knew Kanye West and, and his anti-Semitic uh, rhetoric that he's putting out on Twitter and Instagram, et cetera. Um, so they knew Kanye West. And I said, well, I, I, how many of you know Herschel Walker? No hands went up the air in the air. So I talked about him a little bit. Um, but I'm going to put a pin in the Herschel Walker thing. And then I mentioned Nuri, uh, uh, Martinez, uh, the Los Angeles city Councilwoman Latina, uh, who was spewing racist, um, words and things about another, uh, Los Angeles city council person's child, a little black boy. Um, and this is the interesting comment because when we see racism play itself out, it's really interesting when we see racism perpetuated amongst people of color. And clearly she was a person of color uh, spewing this uh, racist stuff against black folks. So she's resigned. She resigned her seat. Uh, first, she resigned her position as council president and then uh, res- res- uh, essentially resigned her seat as city council person, but um, it, it's the body politic thing. And what's, and I mentioned to the students as they're having to find current events, I said, who was in the room that she was speaking to? They didn't have the moral fortitude to stand up and say, stop it. They listened to that garbage, did not stop it. They listened to it. And a couple of them are politicians, budding politicians. So I mentioned her. Then I mentioned Ben Sass. And he's the senator from Nebraska. A few of them knew who he was. Uh, and, and he's uh, up for president of the University of Florida. Students are down there protesting against his possible presidency. And I'm saying these students have power. Over 350 students are protesting his policies historically against the marriage equality that the Supreme Court made law of the land in 2014, 2015. And, um, so, so that's a big deal. And now he's running uh, to named resigning his Senate seat from the state of Nebraska. Then I mentioned this guy named Bruce Quinn. Nobody knew who Bruce Quinn was. And this story is just indigenous to the state of Nebraska. This guy in 2020 put a noose around the cooler that his coworker, he worked for Oriental Trading Company based out of Omaha, he put a noose in July of 2020 around his water cooler, something to scare. He said, the, this is what he said. Uh, this, this black guy's not afraid of the swastika, but uh, everybody knows what a noose is. And now he's facing federal prison time plus a $100,000 fine for this hate crime intentionally. This was in the summer of what has been known as George Floyd. So this happened after the shooting of Ahmaud Arbery, after Breonna Taylor, after the knee on the neck of George Floyd. This joker puts this noose around the neck. 
So I'm saying all that to go back to Herschel Walker. So there's a lot of stuff happening in terms of racist things that I, I encourage the students to, to pay attention. But the thing about Herschel Walker, and this was the, the bird walk that I was doing to get back to this, is symbolically, and this is a sociology class, and we talk about symbolic interaction and functionist, what, what happens, what's functional in society to maintain this system of a social system, etc. This symbolic interaction of a candidate like a Herschel Walker running against a Raphael Warnock um, in the state of Georgia, what he represents, a Herschel Walker, is what black men see. He's an athlete, and uh, he's an athlete, and uh, he's an athlete. And so to put him as the face as a senatorial candidate, not knowing that he's intellectually challenged. He's a good athlete. He won the Heisman Trophy. But to see and to use this as, as a carrot to dangle, to say now we can get 7% of the black men to vote because he's a black athlete. He plays football. Um, if we can coerce, and, and obviously he probably doesn't care much for women, because of his history of treating women maladaptively, his treatment of women. What's scary is the number of, if they could get 7%, the state of Georgia, because this is the pattern, they get 7% of the black men to vote against their best interest because they got a black man who they might be able to see themselves as part of an aspirational goal of an athlete, be damned what that's going to do to your best interest. And it's scary, Dr. Hayes. It's almost like we're seeing a minstrel show with our own. We're seeing black people support white supremacy and not even understanding that they're using us against us. Wake the hell up. <laughs> Come on, Doc. I just don't get everything it. you said is 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 correct. And uh I just wonder when we will realize that um the the issue we're dealing with is not a new one. It's as old as old can be, it's as old as this country is certainly. And how they continually implement the tactic of taking one of uh, those uh, of the group to bring the rest of the group down. And um, sadly, he he probably doesn't realize he's being used, or if he does, he doesn't care because he's getting attention. A lot of what uh, men do. They do for attention. And if he's an older athlete that, that was getting a lot of attention when he was active, um, he may long for those days when he's a public figure and, and publicly acclaimed um, by people of all races, actually. Um, you know, But they're always willing to put our bodies on the line for their own entertainment 
and for the sake of being able to say they won uh, institutionally. But we don't we don't recognize how we, how how we are used in these situations and and not really being treated fairly not being paid equally not being in the position for promotions equally all of those things are real yet we continue to go for this opportunity to somehow seem to be a star uh, with no thought of the total uh, group. In other words, all of our people need to have leaders who are willing to represent them, not only as intellectual figures, but in terms of what they're willing to do to bring about change in the society and what issues they're willing to raise that would better the lives of the people in our community. I don't know when um, or how or where we can get this information across to people of color, but the information is out there. There's as much information about um, the history of racism in America as there is about any other thing in our society, and, and but we have to avail ourselves of it. And it's um, it's woefully painful to see it unfold, and you, you know it's almost like the proverb that we were studying um, the other day. I think it was proverbs. 30 about agar and how he was saying this talking about essentially this existential issue of does god exist and where the where does humans fit into the greater scheme of thing and things and he was essentially uh referring to this whole idea that we somehow let our ambition get the best of us our ambition in terms of fame, fortune, um, but at some point we have to just be satisfied with our daily bread um, and um, walk circumspectly in the fact that humility is a gift. And that's, I believe, the gift of humility is as powerful and it, and it works in tandem with humanity. I don't think that there is that I think that being inhumane is congruent with evil. But humility and humanity go hand in hand because we find ourselves realizing that there is such vastness of a transcendent reality that is incomprehensible. We can't understand it. And, and no matter how we try, it makes no sense to us. So the best thing for us to do is to just bow in humble submission and to be grateful that we are one amongst millions, billions of life forms in the universe. But sometimes our ambition to fly up to the galaxies to, for stardom <laughs> um, is too much. 
and it wreaks havoc. Selflessness, selfishness. Um. Well, I guess uh, the human race is by nature selfish. And I think that's related to survival. Um, that somehow we have to take care of ourselves in order to continue to live. Um, and then there's this, uh, uh, what I call peacock syndrome uh, that is present in, in the male species throughout the phylums that they are the show ear um, they are the, the the most attractive, and um, I have not come to any understanding of why that is. Um, but I do know that it is, and I think we need to accept the fact that there are there are those, especially among male species, who will go for the show. And uh, the most we can do is to speak to it, acknowledge it, and then offer uh, viable uh, uh, options for people to choose. Do you want somebody who just wants to be seen? Or do you want somebody who's actually going to bear down and do the work and who will not always opt to get into physical fights and arguments, but we'll be able to reason and be rational about ways of progressing. And I think you have, there's a definite choice available, but it's our values. It's the values that we embrace that make the difference. Who will serve to represent and who will not. And I think that the, um, I think that the advancement of women in leadership roles uh, will prove that to be true. And I think that more and more we see women coming into these leadership roles and doing the work and, and establishing the progress uh, that, that most of us really want. And I think that black men might be a little behind on understanding that and appreciating it. But we have to continue to teach the lesson and speak the truth. You know, I was thinking about, I'm so grateful to have had a dad um, who was, I always referred to him as the first womanist or feminist that I met. Um, He was, he was um, just a, just a, a, a great, gentle giant who who supported women no matter what and I think it was because the strength of my mother um and I mean he's six foot five played football I mean he was just a renaissance kind of guy and the the last vote that he cast was for Hillary Clinton and he said as a president he said in my lifetime I would love to see a woman um he didn't get the vote in 2020, 
um, because he was now amongst the ancestors. But I know he's seeing the hope that he had in the vice president of Kamala Harris. And it's inching along. And so I'm saying that to say that there are men who are not ashamed to support strong women. And and if they would just rise up, I mean, Biden is an example. He didn't have to take a risk to have a black woman as a vice president. He took a huge risk. But what he said was, this is what the Democratic Party looks like. Through his old eyes, (laughs) he could see the reality of this is where we are. And I don't know, even amongst Republicans, it's the same thing. But yet, it seems to be twisted up. They would rather choose mediocrity than excellence. I remember Reverend Cecilia Williams Bryan said that years ago, when we were transitioning particular leaderships, and and she made a comment, sometimes we choose mediocrity rather than magnificence. And here we are, same mediocrity rather than magnificence. But what I gleaned from this conversation is pretty deep. And you're saying folks would rather be seen than to have sense. An empty wagon makes the loudest noise. Do we choose those who want to be seen or those who have sense? Whether it's common sense or just general intellectual prowess. We want to do it. What, what was the Proverbs 30, 31? Charm and beauty is fleeting, is deceitful. Yeah. Yeah. Charm is deceitful and beauty, and beauty is vain. Fades. Mm-hmm. Yes. fades, yeah. And now here we are. What's sustained? I think, you know, just for those, just for showy people, I'll just say there are some showy women too. Oh, absolutely. Those who like to be seen. Mm -hmm. um, There are places for them. But, you know, on a stage somewhere, um, not making decisions about the long-term life situations of millions of people. You need someone thoughtful, someone uh, compassionate, someone who has progressive ideas. And those are the things that we ought to be looking for in our candidates and in the people that we elect to public office. This is public office. Mm -hmm. This is office that's there for the public. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And uh, not for self-aggrandizement. Uh, and so, as I say, we need to know who we are, where we are, and who we're dealing with. And the final analysis, I think, that the American people have have become sophisticated enough and mature enough to understand those things. Mm-hmm. And I and I hope that they will go to the polls and make their desires known. I mean, you have to. I, I I don't I don't understand why not. It's not an option, you know. Um, 
here our our very rights to vote could be repealed and replaced because we know that's what they do to acts. The Voting Rights Act of 1965 gave all women and black folks the right to vote, and that could be eliminated just like Roe v. Wade, just like um, as they gutted out uh, various parts of the Voting Rights Act. I think it was Shelby versus uh, Shelby County, which encompasses Memphis. Um, I can't remember who, who, what the litigation was, but that gutted part of the Voting Rights Act of 1965. And, and soon it's going to be the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which eliminated discrimination um, in public spaces. Um, and so if we, don't, if we don't pay attention, even though we've got these laws of the land, no one is just but God. And corrupt humans can keep moving the line until it disappears. That plumb line, as Amos talked about, that justice, that plumb line keeps moving. And if we're not careful, it will disappear. And we'll all be back on somebody's plantation saying, yes, sir, massa. It's manipulation at its finest. It's demonic. And we have to rally around what this evil is and, and, and do an exorcism. Get this demon out. We have let this loose. Um, and I think the ancestors are, are, are trying to trouble the souls of folks. But well, anyway. you know, everything goes around and comes around. That seems to be the way of life in the earth. Um, and the things that we're experiencing in a in I think a lesser degree than our ancestors is is not new uh, and the struggle that they had was far worse than ours mm-hmm. um, and I think we need to appreciate that uh, the lives of people that were lost uh, to persist in wanting to be free. And I think that the struggle for freedom never ends. No just struggle ever ends because there will always be evil people in the world. And it's our job to confront them and to overcome them. And what is the prescription? The prescription for overcoming? Yeah. Is to do what's good. And how do we define and to that? Speak truth to power. And to always have compassion on those who are Republican less Russ Barger fortunate. is ready to fight for our community. Russ will stand up to the voices that threaten our children with masks in school. He'll stand strong with. I want to just say, I want to do this. And I hope it didn't come through on Zoom. But as you were talking about what it means to be free, I was thinking about um, this song by Nina Simone. Mm-hmm. And and before I, I play it, I want to just get to the commentary because I don't want us to get in trouble by sampling the introduction. You know, these songs were 
were powerful. But Nina Simone um, left us a legacy. And I wish I knew how it would feel to be free. I wish I knew how it would feel to be free. I wish I could break all the chains holding me. I wish I could say all the things that I should say. Say I'm loud, say I'm clear for the whole round. And you know something, Dr. Hayes, it is um, when we have been free, we don't have to wait and have somebody tell us what to do, how to think, and how to be. So thank God for freedom. Give us some final thoughts. Absolutely. Um, Freedom begins in the mind. And when we recognize that we are those who have been created and shaped and formed in the image of Almighty God, the creator and sustainer of the whole universe, then we step into that place uh, uh, that gives us the power to be free, knowing who we are, who created us, and what we were created for. And I believe that we were created to live out our lives in honor of our creator and in respect for one another. Because as you look at me and you look and I look at you, we ought to see God. And it ought to be an humbling recognition that we have all been born to be free and that no man should put his foot on the neck of another and think it's okay wish I could share all and on that note thank you Dr. Hayes it has been a privilege a pleasure and an honor To have you join in with us today. Remember that everything will be all right until we meet again. Stay safe and well.